Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's another beautiful day for baseball in Los Angeles. And baseball podcast. Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris cover everything Dodgers right here on Inside the Ravine. How is it going, everyone? And welcome to a brand new episode of Inside the Ravine. After taking about a two-week hiatus, we are back on back-to-back days. So joining me, as always, <laughs> my co-host, Josh Shaver. Josh, I mean, it's been about 28, 29 hours since we last chatted, but uh, how are things going over there? Things are going well, Blake. Uh, since since we have last talked, not much has changed. Uh, the D-backs took, uh, well, actually, not much has changed for the Dodgers. Uh, a lot has changed in the playoff picture. Um, and, uh, and, you know, the D-backs took a one game to none lead uh, among a few other teams who obviously all took 1-0 series leads. And some of those series are now over, and we'll talk about them now. Yeah, so that's the thing with this wild card round. Literally, it takes about 26 hours for your playoff chances to begin and for your playoff chances to officially end. So uh, before we get to all that stuff, we're also going to be talking about our NLDS roster predictions for the Dodgers. Make sure you guys follow the show on whatever social media app you guys use. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Inside the Ravine. Catch the shows over on YouTube as well. Just search Inside the Ravine. You guys can also listen to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify. Apple, and of course, on the Odyssey app. So yeah, Josh, when we recorded yesterday at about noon, all four series had yet to kick off. And now, again, it's 5.30 the day later. Two of them are already over. So literally 29 hours later, two of them are already over. The Rangers swept the Rays. 
and the Twins swept the Blue Jays. It seems kind of weird saying to sweep them when they won just two games, but they've already advanced. The two National League games are currently going on. The D-backs have a chance to sweep the Brewers, and the Phillies have a chance to sweep the Marlins. So, Josh, again, just quick takeaways from 29 hours worth of uh, wildcard baseball. Uh, I mean, did the Rays know that they were supposed to be playing in these games? Because the fans, they... the fans didn't. The fans sure I, didn't. I mean... <laughs> Nobody showed up at all. I mean, they get absolutely torched two days in a row. Yesterday was 4 nothing. Today was 7-1 Rangers. They were outscored 11-1 to over the course of a two-game series. Um, they were, they gave up in two games. <laughs> they gave up 21 hits in two games mm. and were outscored 11-1. to um, Was not expecting that at all. Um you know, I like the Rangers. They've got a good squad. Obviously, Corey Seager um, led the AL in, in, in hitting this year. But, uh, yeah, I I cannot believe how far south that, that series turned very quickly for the Rays. Can't believe I mean, it. and the Rays season as a whole. I mean, remember when they started the season, like, I don't know, was it like 13-0 or something crazy like that? And they got off to the insane yeah. start, and everyone was pretty much labeling them like the team to beat. I remember when the Dodgers faced them for that series. Like, that was an insanely difficult series. And just like that, the Rays uh, season is over. That's what happens. They had some, like, stretch as well before they scored a run where they had gone, like, 36 innings in a row or something like that without scoring a run in, in the playoffs. So, yeah, the Rangers advance. And then you got the Twins on the other side, Josh. I think this is their first – I mean, they, they had that stretch yesterday where I think they snapped, like, an 18-game losing streak uh, in their postseason run of the last, like, 20 years. And I think with winning this series, it's, like, their first series win. I think I saw 21 years. I don't have the official number, but something like 20 years, this is the first Twins playoff series win. And against the Blue Jays team that had a lot of hype as well. So the Twins, I get they won the, they won the division, but uh, that's a bit of a surprise as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, good good for the Twins. You know, we talked about this yesterday. I I I, I already forgot who I picked. I think I took the Twins. Um, <laughs> I think I did too. I, I think remember. we both took the Twins to 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 snap their their big time losing streak. I mean, what it's been since what two thousand? It's has it been two thousand three? No, the last one would have been would have been around that time period. I forget. It's already slipped my mind. Um, but uh, let me pull this up here. Um. I'm going to pull this up. It's yeah. Their first postseason win series win in 21 years. Wow. First postseason series <laughs> win in 21 years. So it's unbelievable. Good for them. Um, they were out hit at home in both games, um, but pulled away in both three, one on Tuesday, um, two, nothing on Wednesday. And uh, again, that kind of just for me begs the question. Like, I feel like the blue Jays have all these pieces and maybe they're just not quite there yet. Maybe they got all these really good pieces maybe before some of these players hit their prime, which I think is a good thing in a lot of cases. But then in some cases, it's like, are you going to be able to hang on to all these guys by the time they get to their prime, by the time that you are a legitimate World Series candidate? Because I just feel like the Blue Jays have these pieces and they always seem to be in the mix and it just never works out. Um, and I mean, I feel like people weren't even really talking about them coming into this, this, this postseason. So good for the twins. They pull away and for the blue Jays. I mean, they just got to figure it out. They got to somehow figure it out because the last couple of years, it just hasn't worked out. And obviously it, there was a lot of things that went South from this year. Like obviously Manoa wasn't very good, which yeah. I don't think anybody expected. Um, you could tell him and a few other guys like felt the, uh, the effects of the pitch clock and it's just, uh, it didn't work out for him, but, uh, but good for the twins. 
Yeah, they were one of the favorites, I think, entering the season. And it feels like with the Blue Jays, there's been a couple of their teams in the last decade that just haven't met expectations, like the Jose Bautista teams with like Edwin and Carnacion. Those were teams that were supposed to go far, and I don't think they ever made it to the World Series. So, yeah, the Blue Jays, another disappointing year. I wasn't watching the game. I was a little bit busy. But based on social media, I guess I missed a uh, Kevin Cash kind of move where Jose Barrios apparently was pulled after throwing only like 45 50 pitches i think on like the fourth inning even though he was cruising i think he allowed maybe one run up until that point had like five or six strikeouts and he was pulled and then obviously the move backfired because the guy that came in next allowed a couple of runs so uh hey there, there's there's postseason baseball for you josh i know a lot of people like to complain about dave but uh, i don't think dave is going to be pulling a starter with a 45 pitches under his belt having allowed one run in four innings you also missed um you also missed Kevin Biggio just just trucking oh, I, twins pitcher. I saw a clip of it on Twitter. <laughs> that was yeah. that was great. Hey, you mean do what you can to so that's legal, but you can't do that to a catcher, apparently. No, I guess not. <laughs> so no. even though he doesn't have gear on, it's a fair game. But I did see that mm-hmm. clip. That was that was excellent. So yeah, yeah that's Again, I, I always do enjoy in postseason baseball when a new team advances, a new team we're not accustomed to seeing. So shout out to the Twins. Again, both nationally games are going on as we speak. By the time this episode airs, the results could be already in and we already know who's advancing. Maybe there's a game three for both of these. We'll have to wait and see. But we're going to be talking more about those games and more about the postseason a whole later in the show when Josh and I give our full postseason predictions for every round, every matchup, all the kind of fun stuff. But Josh... This is going to be a little fun because we're going to be giving our NLDS roster predictions for the Dodgers. I believe these are going to be submitted on Saturday, so we're not going to know for a couple of days yet who's cracking the roster. I don't know how it was for you making the top 20 or making your 26. I did an article on it today where I posted mine for my Substack subscribers. Now, going into it, I thought it was going to be a very easy 26. I probably spent about 20 to 30 minutes on my 26th and final guy. I don't know how easy it was for you, but I'm very interested to know yours. So let's start with our hitters first. I believe for the NLDS, and I think the postseason as a whole, you can only have a max of 13 pitchers. So if that's the case, then you have 13 hitters. I know some of these other series going on right now, they're doing like 11 pitchers and 15 hitters, 12 pitchers and 14 hitters. I'm assuming the Dodgers go 13-13. Again, we'll have to wait and see. That's the way I did it, at least. So I don't know if you did, but Josh, uh, yeah. let's go over who you got uh, making it from the hitting standpoint. So I, I like you, and I think like I did last year when we did this episode, um, I went 13 and 13. Uh, for me, the position players, I didn't have a ton of issues with. In fact, I started with the pitchers, and obviously we'll get to the pitchers in a few minutes. I started with the pitchers, went to the position players afterwards, kind of had an idea that I would probably guess 13 and 13. And I started going through it thinking, oh, this is actually a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And then at the end, I was like, wait, no, that's only 12. Oh, wait, no, that's only 11. Oh, wait, no, like who do I put in? So like now, it, then it became difficult at the end. Um, so at least for the position players, I thought this was pretty straightforward for me. So uh, my, my two catchers, these are the obvious ones, Austin Barnes, Will Smith, um, the infielders, Freddie Freeman, Kike Hernandez, Max Muncie, Miguel Rojas, Ahmed Rosario. And I also threw Chris Taylor in that category. My outfielders, Mookie Betts, Jason Hayward, James Outman, David Peralta, and designated hitter J.D. Martinez. So to kind of add on to that, I did throw in a couple of guys um, in a missed out category just so I can highlight who, by comparison, after looking at who's in, you can see who's out. 
for me, there's not very many surprises here. Obviously, some people might have expected me at this point to, to somehow find a way to squeeze Michael Bush into the NLDS <laughs> I roster. I was expecting it. I was expecting it. For, for now, no. Um, and the reason why is because I think the Dodgers are going to need the pitching. Um, so I opted to, to keep it with the 13 pitchers. So the guys that I have out, Michael Bush, I think, is the only name, the only act like big name that I feel like I didn't include in. I don't know if people expected him to be on it. And then the other two, just because they are on the 40 man and we've seen him this year, Johnny DeLuca and Colton Wong. Johnny DeLuca hasn't played for the Dodgers since the end of July, maybe early August. Colton Wong had a couple of big home runs late in the season. They're all kind of in garbage time, but you're down by six. You want Colton Wong at the plate because he's going to get you a couple of runs. Um, But those are the only three guys that for me weren't going to crack this roster. So again, 13 guys, the only big names out. Big names, quote unquote, Michael Bush, Johnny DeLuca, and Colton Wong. Yeah, this one was easy as well for me. Those are the 13 I jotted down. I, I did do a little considering for a couple of other guys, like Colton Wong, for example. Although, unless say yeah, you're down six nothing and he turns into Barry Bonds at the plate, I figured maybe because he is a Gold Glove caliber infielder, especially I think at second base. If you're in the eighth or ninth inning, you could have Miguel Rojas at shortstop, Colton Wong at second base. Like that's a great infield combo right there. So I thought maybe because of that, Colton Wong potentially has a shot. Johnny DeLuca, I gave a little consideration as well, just because of his speed. The Dodgers could potentially use a fast guy off the bench in the late inning scenario where they need a stolen base. They don't really have that on their team currently. I mean, I I don't know. Chris Taylor might be the fastest guy on the team. Maybe Mookie Betts right now. So Maybe if they if they want to go that direction, I did give it to Ahmed Rosario, but it is interesting because if they do play the D-backs, it's going to be a lot of righties. So that means Ahmed Rosario is not going to be playing a whole lot because his specialty is left-handed pitching. So maybe if that's the case, the Dodgers opt to go, again, Colton Wong for his defensive versatility or Johnny DeLuca to have speed. But yeah, Josh, this was the easy por- portion for me. Uh, I wish that we could have done 12 position players and 14 pitchers because the pitchers was... Uh, the number one spot where I had an issue. So I don't know how it was for you. I'll, I'll throw it to you because I'm going to have to go in depth and explain why I went a certain direction when it comes to my 13 pitchers. Yeah, I think I'm going to as well. Um, I actually have a couple of uh, stat sheets open and some analytics to try to explain a little bit. Um, but for me, um, here is the direction I went with the 13. And I'll also kind of list the few guys who for me did not make the cut. Um, so, and this is just an alphabetical order from top to bottom. I have Ryan Brazier, uh, Caleb Ferguson, Bruce Dark Gratterall, Joe Kelly, Clayton Kershaw, Lance Lynn, Shelby Miller, Bobby Miller, Ryan Pepio, Evan Phillips, Emmett Sheehan. I have Alex Vessia and I have Ryan Yarbrough. So what this means for me is that the left-handers and the bullpen are fairly low. So I think we knew that that was going to be the reality for the Dodgers going in. This is what I predict they go with. And I think that one of those guys that they have to sacrifice as well is the first guy I have listed as somebody who didn't make the cut. And that's Victor Gonzalez. So out for me is Gonzalez, Michael Grove, Gavin Stone. And I threw Wander Suero on this list as guys who maybe are in the conversation who didn't make the cut. Um, So those four are the ones who I didn't include. And again, I'm only, and this goes for, the position players too. The only guys that I feel like mentioning that are out and didn't make the cut are guys that are healthy. Um, So, you know, your guys on the IL, I didn't include because I feel like those were a given. 
Um, but yeah, so those are my 13 pitchers and the four who didn't make the cut. Um, so I'd like to hear yours and then maybe we can go over our reasoning. Yeah. So first off on the guys on the IL, I think I saw something the other day that Yancy Almonte, if he's able to make it back, he would be able to make it back for the NLCS. I think he started rehabbing in a AAA recently. I, I think the Daniel Hudson one is pretty much over because I know that originally there was some talk about him potentially making it. I, I don't think that's going to happen. And I guess Blake Trinan apparently hasn't thrown in a game since the end of August. So he's out of the equation. So I guess the only one that would be in consideration if they advance coming off the aisle would be NCL Monty, which I think he would make the cut. So that'll be interesting to follow. But yeah, Josh, uh, pretty much mine was almost identical. And the one I had one, one that was a little bit different than yours. And that's the decision that had me going crazy. So for mine, again, I'll, I'll go in alphabetical order. I got Ryan Brazier. Caleb Ferguson, Bruce Dark Ratterall, Michael Grove, Joe Kelly, Clayton Kershaw, Bobby Miller, Shelby Miller, Ryan Pepio, Evan Phillips, Emmett Sheehan, Alex Vesia, and Ryan Yarbrough. So, Josh, okay. I left off Lance Lynn on mine. Would you like to uh, get my reasoning for this? Yes, absolutely. And I feel like I kind of know what the reasoning is, but I'm. But let's hear it. So this is the one I, I literally, again, spent about 20, 30 minutes going back and forth between Lancelin and Michael Grove. Those are the two guys that I had in final consideration for that spot. And the reason I'm leaving Lancelin off is not because he's been bad. If anything, he's actually been really good. I think his last three or four outings for the Dodgers has like a three and a half year array over his last four outings. Essentially, if you take out those two really bad starts he had, his Dodger tenure has been actually fantastic. It's only been two really bad outings. But the reason I, I have Lancelin off is because the NLDS scheduling is mm -hmm. so weird. The Dodgers play game one on Saturday, Sunday's an off day, and they have game two on Monday. Then game, then Tuesday is another off day, and game three is not till Wednesday. If the Dodgers should choose, they could go through the NLDS with a three-man rotation. Clayton Kershaw, he could start game one, and he would get game four on regular, on regular rest. Bobby Miller could start game two, and he would get game five on regular rest. So because of this, you have all your guys on normal rest. I thought it would be advantageous to the Dodgers to go with a three-man rotation and give yourself an extra arm in that bullpen. Because if you put Lance Lynn in, let's say you take Michael Grove off, you're not using Lance Lynn until game four. So that's three games where you essentially are down an arm. But if you have to go this direction, Josh, all of a sudden now you gain an extra arm in the bullpen for these three games. And Dave Roberts, he was on, uh, I think, John Heyman's show yesterday, and he pretty much came out. I don't have the exact quote, but he said something along the lines of, we're not expecting our starters to go more than five to six innings this postseason. We're expecting to rely heavily on our bullpen. So if that's the case, especially with a guy like Clayton Kershaw, who's been struggling to give you five innings maximum, rookies Bobby Miller and Ryan Pepe, although they've looked good, Asking them to go six or seven innings in a playoff start, that's asking a lot. So I keep Lance Lynn off. I give you Michael Grove. And I know people are probably going to say, oh, why, why would you have Michael Grove uh, in that bullpen? Josh, I don't think people have realized how good Michael Grove has kind of been uh, over his last few outings. I know he missed like two months. He had an injury. But over his last four games, again, a very small sample size, six and one-third innings, no earned runs, two hits, and 10 strikeouts. Again, that's a very small sample size of six innings. But Michael Grove has looked really good. And then he obviously had that one weird outing against the Reds where he allowed eight runs in six innings. But he did strike out 10 batters in that game, a career high. And even before Michael Grove had that blow-up outing, he had like an ERA of about three, three and a half over his previous six or seven outings. So Michael Grove, you take out that one bad outing, 
he's been really good. And I've really liked what I've seen from him. And again, he can give you a guy that can give you three outs, has high strikeout upside, or if needed, he can give you multiple innings. The Dodgers have plenty of options with Ryan Yarbrough, Emmett Sheehan, and I'll give it with Michael Grove, where I think all they need is three starters. So I don't think the Dodgers go that direction. I think they want to play it safe, have that fourth starter, have Lance Lynn start game four. But I don't know, Josh, although Lance Lynn's been okay as of late, I still worry about him on the mound of the playoff series because although he can give you six or seven innings, if he doesn't have his best stuff, he's going to be allowing home run after home run, and you cannot afford that in a five-game series. A seven-game series, I think you can afford it a little more, but I think the Dodgers should play it safe. And again, you give the bullpen that much more depth. You give them a couple of more options, and I think that would be the smarter call. Will they do it? I don't know, but I, that's my reasoning. Yeah, no, I've, I I kind of heard that idea been floated around a little bit, and I noticed it immediately. Um, going down your list in alphabetical order and seeing who was left off. Um, so you know, I I don't I I don't disagree with that. I I'm not sure what the Dodgers are going to do. I think they include him, which is why I put him on. Yeah. But here's the other thing to kind of bolster your argument a little bit is Michael Grove has been used in a couple of different scenarios this year. We've seen him start games. We've seen him come out of the bullpen. So I think that if you put him in the on the roster as one of those 13 pitchers instead of Lance Lynn, then you expect to go through with that three-man rotation. You know, you hope that you don't have to have a guy like like Michael Grove start a game. I don't think you would see that even in this situation. But the thing for him is I feel like the Dodgers would have a little bit more flexibility with him than with Lance Lynn. Because again, like you mentioned, Lance has been good. Um, he's had a couple of tough outings. But again, the home run rate is really, really high. What you don't want to have is you're not going to throw Lance Lynn out of the bullpen if you need a big-time reliever come in. Yeah. You're not going to turn to turn to Lance Lynn in a situation like that and risk giving up a momentum-swinging, game-changing home run, where if he was more of a starter, you can let a home run slide because he's going to give you four or five other good outings, and the team's going to still have all this time to try to come back in the game. If you put him in late in the game and you throw him out there for an inning or two, even if he's just going to be a little bit of a flamethrower, home run changes the game where you can turn to somebody yeah. like Michael Grove instead. If you need innings out of him, you can, if you need two outs out of him, you can get that. If you need six outs, nine outs, kind of play a Ryan Yarbrough kind of role, you can probably get that too. So I, I, I completely understand the reasoning. Um, I don't know if the Dodgers go that direction, but, um, but that's, it's, now it's out there. We've got two. I, I'm glad because I'm pretty sure last year we had the exact same 13 pitchers and, and <laughs> we did and hitters. So um, yeah, I like it. And then the one thing that I'll just kind of say is, you know, I've seen some people throw things around with um, Victor Gonzalez and and Alex Fessia. Um, so that was one of the big ones that kind of racked my brain after I after I decided that I was going to have Lance Lynn in. Um, and for me, I know that people are a little bit hesitant on both Vesia and Gonzalez and the postseason. For me, what it came down to was looking at how they finished the season. Um, because if you just look at their ERAs, um, you look at Gonzalez this season, an ERA at four. Um, in the postseason, he's got a career ERA at 270, which is not bad. For Vesia, ends his season at 435, but his career postseason is pretty good at one point. 2-9 ERA yeah. um, in his in 10 postseason games. So I like that. But then for me, it came down to how they finished the season. Victor, they both ended the year really strong, but Vesio was better than Gonzalez in, with a bigger sample size. In the last 15 games, Gonzalez ended with a 574 ERA. 
um, gave up 14 hits, 10 earned runs in that stretch. Vesia, complete opposite. 15 games, yeah. very similar innings numbers as well. Um, Gonzalez was 15 and two thirds. Vesia was 15 flat. 12 hits allowed, only three runs, also had 14 strikeouts. Um, for me, that was putting in one lefty over another. And for me, it was Vesia in that case. But I think you do have to realize going in that the Dodgers are going to be shorthanded with, with lefties coming out of the bullpen. And that's just kind of the hand that they're dealt right now. Yeah. And that's something we talked about on yesterday's episode. Cause I think that was like a Q and a question. Someone was asking about the left-handed options and there's a chance that Vesey and Ferguson, we've seen flashes of them looking really good. Like I said yesterday, Josh, you need them to be good for three innings, four innings at yep. the absolute most. Like that's all you need. They could get it from them. They could be solid options. Like you said with Victor in the 2020 run, Victor was great for the Dodgers, but he did kind of struggle in the second half. So I didn't really give him much consideration. I felt like Vesey, Ferguson and Yarbrough, those are the three options that should give you enough. I was trying to think of like, again, if we go like with my 13 pitcher scenario, how this would shape out. And this is what I was thinking. You probably go, you know, you start Clayton Kershaw in game one. And then depending on how long he goes, you probably have like Ryan Yarbrough follow him, get you a couple innings. So let's just say Clayton Kershaw gives you five. You can have Ryan Yarbrough give you two or three and then bring in Evan Phillips to close or maybe bring in Bruce Darn Evan Phillips to finish out the game. Game two, you go with Bobby Miller. Hopefully he gives you five or six. You then go to Emmett Sheehan, who could then probably give you two to three innings. If not, you could turn it over to, again, whoever was not used in game one. And then for yeah. game three, maybe the Dodgers want to get creative like they've been doing with Ryan Pepio. Have Michael Grove open the game, have him go two innings, and then you bring in Ryan Pepio to go five, six innings. And all of a sudden, you get yourself to the seventh or the eighth inning, and then you turn it to essentially a fresh bullpen. So that scenario it sounds just gives great. gives you the flexibility. Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds great because then you're, you're having a fresh Ryan Brazier, a fresh Joe Kelly, a fresh Brewster, a fresh Evan Phillips. I mean, I don't even remember who else. Shelby Miller, a fresh Shelby Miller. Uh, then you got the lefty guys as well. So if the Dodgers go that direction, I think it gives them plenty of options. Um, but again, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. And it really seems like that's the decision it's going to come down to, Josh. It does sound like it's either going to be Lance Lynn or I think Michael Grove. Maybe Michael Grove gets it over Emmett Sheehan. Maybe the Dodgers just trust Michael Grove a little bit more. I guess we're kind of assuming Sheehan makes it. There's a chance he doesn't. So I guess maybe those three are the the final ones. Because I, I think everyone else that we mentioned is pretty much, I think, solidified a spot, don't you think? Pretty much. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So there you go. I, I do like that it was a little bit different because last year, yeah, it was okay. We agree. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. I guess we'll see you in the next episode. <laughs> so I like that we each had a little bit different, like that we had a variety. So again, I think Saturday we'll get the answer. We'll see how it looks. Uh, again, Kershaw game one, Bobby Miller game two. Looks like Ryan Pepio game three in some form. And then we'll see what happens because this whole thing is still so dumb, Josh, because yeah, the NLDS, the schedule is like crazy like that where it stretches out. But then you look at the NLCS and it's just like, Game one and game two, I think there's like an off day, and then it's three straight games. So the Dodgers can use this to their advantage, so I guess they could have a fresh Lance Lynn for that one. But those are our NLDS roster predictions. Again, we'll wait and see. Maybe the Dodgers opt to go with 12 pitchers, 14 position players. Uh, well, we'll have to wait wait, wait for that. But, Josh, why don't we uh, take a quick break, and then we'll get to our uh, playoff predictions, our playoff bracket. Stay tuned for that. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Josh, we are back. It's time to do our playoff bracket. As of right now, again, this is at 6 p.m. on, what is today, Wednesday? Yeah, I think it's today's yep. Wednesday. The D-backs, Josh, have a 4-2 lead over the Brewers in the top of the sixth, and they've run us on second and third with one out. And then you look at the yep. Phillies game, they're up 2-0 on the Marlins. They're in the bottom of the third. They got a runner on second with two outs. So Both of those and- scores just changed, too. Oh, it, well- it all kind of happened at once. So the D-backs hung a three spot. Make that a four spot now. They're now up five to two. Um, and the Phillies just scored uh, twice. Schwarber, uh, yeah, yeah. Kyle Schwarber had a, had a double um, to bring in a couple of runs. So both of those scores just happened. Okay, um, there you go. <laughs> so five two D backs again. This is at six o two p.m. on Wednesday. So things could change in a little bit. You might hear some clapping coming from my living room. That's my D backs fan girlfriend. <laughs> um, she's watching the right. game right now. So again, we, things could change by the time you're listening to this episode. Right. So we'll make things easy. We'll start with the American league first, Josh, then we'll work our way over to the national league. So we'll start off. This is going to be a fun one. You got the twins and the Astros, a five game series. Houston has home field advantage. So it'll be Houston for two, then Minnesota for two back to Houston for a game five if necessary. Who do you like it in that series? Um, it's an interesting one. It's definitely interesting. Um, I I think going into the playoffs, I would say that I would take the Astros. Um, but look, right now, uh, I'm going to ride with the hot hand, and I'm going to take America's team. And I'm saying that with confidence going into this one. Um, the Twins. Uh, I like the Twins. Um, maybe not America's team yet. I feel like that's kind of already been dubbed as the <laughs> Orioles. Um, but America's team part two. I think people are kind of into the twins a little bit after these last couple of days. Uh, I'm going to take the twins over the Astros. We saw this last year and with this wild card round, it's kind of like in March madness, how they have those extra games. Now, like the first four, I think they're called where you, you see these teams, whoever wins that first four game, they go on a run in March madness because they get hot. So I think the twins winning these two games, they're hot. They're going to be right in this wave of not winning the playoff series in 20 years. It is hard to bet against the Astros, especially in October, because if there's any team that, you know, is going to go on a run in October, it's probably going to be them. But for the sake of this, Josh, I'm riding with you. It's a lot more fun inside the ravines team, the Minnesota twins. Yes. I'll have them. I'll have them pulling off the upset. And then you go to another one. This is, I mean, every, every matchup we're getting is fantastic, but the Rangers fresh off their sweep against the Rays. They're going to go on, take on the number one seeded Baltimore Orioles for a five game series. Yeah. I really love the, the, the groupings that we got here in the American league. Don't love the Astros, but, um, but I, I really love the, the other three teams that we get in here um, with the twins, the Rangers and the Orioles. This is a tough one. I feel like, I'm going to go against what I kind of just said with rolling with the hot hand by taking the twins. I'm going to step away from the Rangers here just because I think this would be a huge disappointment if the Orioles have the season that they had and then fall short. I'm going to take the O's. Um, I think it's going to be a five game series. 
Yeah, I, I'm torn on this one because, again, the Orioles, the number one seed in the American League, I think they finished the season with the second most wins, I want to say. I think they might have had one more win than the Dodgers. But yeah. this is a dream season for them. And like you said, it would be kind of a disaster if their dream season ended in the NLDS. But again, this is a Texas Rangers team where they finished, I think, one game out of winning the division. They probably should have been the number two seed in the American League. They are a little bit lower because they fell you know, towards the end of the season. I think they're going to give the Orioles a tough time. I think winning these two games against the Rays is going to be massive for them. And I'm going to have the Rangers pulling off the upset over the Orioles, but I agree with you, Josh. I think the series goes five. I think it's going to be back and forth. I wouldn't be shocked if it's like the Rangers win the first two, the Orioles then win the next two, and then someone takes game five or you know vice versa. But I'm going to go with the Rangers in, uh, in five in this one. So that takes us to the ALCS in which I have the Twins and I have the Rangers. And you have the Orioles and the Twins as well. Which one are you going with to uh, advance to the World Series? This one's tough, but I think I'm gonna. It, it's it's really hard to pick against the Orioles just because they were so good this year. But I'm not sure. I'm just not sure if I'm totally feeling it. Orioles in the World Series. So it it sounds weird to say. Yeah, it but does. I think I'm gonna. It's a tough one because now we get here and you're like, wow, these are the two teams I picked. It's like March Madness, but it really sure. is. But I think uh, I think I'm going to stick with inside the ravines team. And I think that the that the twins continue this run uh, and I think they go to the World Series. I like it. I, I like it. Give me the chaos. Give me the chaos. I'm going to go with the Rangers. I got them picking up the uh, victory over the twins going to the World Series. Bring the World Series back to Arlington where uh, we saw it a couple years ago which is I think it's going to fit into uh, the matchup when we get to the NL part. So, Josh, we're going to go to the National League one again. It's kind of tough right now because these aren't official yet, so we're just going to assume with these predictions. I'm going to assume that it's the D-backs over the Brewers and it's the Phillies over the Marlins, so let's go with those. So, Josh, we'll start with uh, the other side. We'll have the Braves and the Phillies. Yeah, I think uh, I think I would take, even even if scores change tonight, I would take the Phillies over the Marlins. Um, so I think either way, at least in my head, I've got Phillies and Braves. Um, good series. I think it goes five games, um, but I'm going to take the Braves. Yeah, it's tough to t- it's tough to pick against the Braves. The good thing is for the Dodgers is the fact that they don't have to get the Phillies and that the Braves have to get the Phillies because if any team is going to knock out the Braves in the first round, it's going to be this team. I think it's going to be a tough series. I think it's going to go five games, but I will give the Braves the slight edge. But again, I, if the Phillies win in three or four, I wouldn't be surprised either because that's just the team that we saw last year in October. They got hot. That place is rocking. They probably have the best home field advantage in baseball. I, I can't count out the Phillies, but I'm going to go with the Braves, which brings us to the Dodgers as they're going to host potentially the Arizona Diamondbacks, a rematch of the 2017 series in which they swept them in three games. But Josh, I don't care what the record is. I know the D-backs, I think, are an 84-win team, I want to say. Eight games, eight games worse than what the Brewers were. 16 games worse than what the Dodgers were, but in a short five-game series, especially against a division opponent, anything can happen. Yeah, anything can happen. Um, For me, I I actually like the Dodgers going up against both of these teams for a couple of different reasons that we mentioned on our last show. So again, if you haven't heard that, I feel like like if you haven't listened to our last show, it's not like we've added anything from this show. They right. kind of run hand in hand, so you should definitely go back and listen to the last episode if you haven't. It's not like you're going to be – it's not like there's any spoilers or anything. So go back and <laughs> right. listen to the last episode. I'm pretty sure I picked the Brewers. 
um, to beat the Diamondbacks in this series. Um, but that I said I did kind of want to see the Diamondbacks win. Um, I, in this case, I'll say that the that the Dodgers play the D-backs. I do like the Dodgers going up in the matchup against the Brewers as well. But in this case, I'll say Dodgers, D-backs, anything can happen. I still kind of get those flashbacks from the Dodgers, D-backs regular season series in 2017 the regular season series they had this year, especially early on. But in the end, the Dodgers prevail both times. Like you said, a sweep in the 2017 NLDS and in, in a series that made it look way too easy for the Dodgers. And I think going in, Dodgers fans were very nervous. I was nervous to see yeah. what the Dodgers were going to do against the D-backs. And there was no contest in those three games. Yeah. Um, and this year, you know, at the end of the season, the Dodgers pull away. I, I, I like the Dodgers in this matchup. I predicted them to have a deeper postseason run than last year. I certainly don't see them getting upset in the in the first round of their playoff run again here in the NLDS. So I'll give the D-backs a game because I think that that's fair um, with how good they've been. And at least so far through a game and a half, the resilience that they've shown against the Brewers as well. So if the Dodgers face the D-backs, I'll take the Dodgers in four. Yeah, again, that's why these matchups are so difficult because you have a team like the D-backs. They might be coming off two impressive wins in Milwaukee. They're hot, they're riding high. And they got to come play the Dodgers. So if they do play the D-backs, I think it's going to be a tough matchup. Either either matchup, I, I think it would have been pretty much equal. Uh, and I think the Dodgers are clearly the better team when it comes to both. I think the Dodgers learned their lesson about what happened last year. Hopefully they are able to, you know, do something better than what they did last year, Josh. So I did the Dodgers taking down the D-backs. But again, I, I think it'll be a difficult series. But I do like that it's going to be a matchup where the road games aren't going to be too hostile because I, I don't remember if you were there, Josh, in 2017. Did you go with me to game three of that NLTS? Cause I was at the game. I, I don't know who I went no. with. I, I was not there. It was not me. I hope you had fun though. Oh, I had a, I had a great time. Cause you know, they swept and D backs fans were getting very upset, but a lot of Dodgers fans are going to be at these games in Arizona, which is going to help the Dodgers uh, greatly. So that's, that's another added bonus as well, but I'm going to go with that. All right, Josh Dodgers, Braves, NLCS, Probably the matchup everyone's you know expecting and been waiting for since back in April. So what do you like? What do you got to go with? For me, this is the World Series. I mean, and I know that that sounds maybe a little bit conceited to say, but for me, this is the World Series matchup. If the Dodgers and the Braves meet in the NLCS, um, I think the Dodgers, like I said, have a deeper postseason run than they did last year. Um, I think that the pressure that they felt maybe last year after the regular season is not the same this year. I think the way that the, the team has been made up this year and the way that it was built, I like a lot better than last year's, even though they were so dominant last year. Yeah. And I feel a lot more confident coming into this postseason. But that last series against the Braves in the regular season in LA left kind of a bad taste in my mouth, dropping the first three games in a position to win two of those first three and couldn't yeah. pull it out. And then the third one, it was what you expected from the Dodgers, you know, they scored timely runs and then the pitching was good. The bullpen pulled it away and they lost the series, you know, three games to one, but again, it's the playoffs. It's a different monster. I am confident in the Dodgers going into this postseason, but for the sake of trying to be a little bit more objective here. And I feel like for the most part, you and I are actually pretty good at that on the show. Um, maybe not in real life, but on the show, I feel like we're pretty <laughs> fair. Um, but for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to take the Braves in seven. Um, and, and I know, I know. Ooh. And I, and I hope, I hope I'm proven wrong. 
Right. I mean, yeah, the, when you look at that series from about a month ago, we talked about it after it happened. That was a series where if the Dodgers just a couple hits go their way, a couple things go their way, they win that series three, three to one, or they maybe even sweep. Like I know that although it seemed like they were out of it, they were never really out of any of those games. Yeah. And there, then there was that Colton Wong Homer one that they came back when they like benched Mookie and Freddie. So that series, yeah, not ideal, but the Dodgers weren't too far out of it. The Braves offense, historically good, one of the best lineups we've ever seen. Their pitching doesn't necessarily scare me all that much. I know they have a couple of injuries currently. I don't know what the latest updates are, but I think uh, Max Freed, like I think he's dealing with some sort of injury. I think Charlie Morton's been dealing with some sort of injury. So all of a sudden now, if that starting rotation has a little bit of a few hits, uh, the Dodgers could strike. And same with their bullpen. I know the bullpen has been pretty solid for the Braves, but they have some guys that the Dodgers could definitely light into. So if the Dodgers pitching is able to hold this Braves lineup in check, when I say hold them in check, I mean limit them to two home runs a game, limit them to four or five runs a game. We know this Dodgers offense is more than capable of scoring. So I think if you can just contain these guys, contain Acuna, contain Olsen, I think the Dodgers are going to be just fine. I'm going to go with the Dodgers in this one, Josh, because I have to. I can't pick against them. And I have them in six. I got the Dodgers winning the series in six. So that's going to be my prediction, which gives us a World Series matchup for me of the Dodgers Rangers. And for you, I think the Braves and the Twins. Was that right? Yeah. Uh, inside the Ravines <laughs> team. Uh, I, want to, I want to see how long the Cinderella story lasts for. Um, it ends here for me. Um, if, if I get the, I know that's a double Boo. whammy, right? But I could, but like, think about it. Think about it. If I'm taking inside the ravines team to go to the world series, I couldn't have them face off with the Dodgers. That would be unfair. At least you didn't do a uh, Astros Braves world series. Cause then oh, I would have had to not. mute your mic. <laughs> yeah. I don't see that happening either way. That's, that's my prediction. But um, here uh, I think, I think the twins uh, magic runs out um, for me, Braves and twins in the world series. Uh, I'm taking Atlanta in five. Yeah, that's fair. So I got Dodgers, Rangers. Dodgers go back to where they won the World Series in 2020. And you know what, Josh? I'm going to have the Dodgers winning the World Series in five games, which means they'll win in Texas once again, their second World Series in that ballpark. Uh, I just want to do it for the sake of that because I think that'd be a little cool. I prefer the Dodgers to win the World Series at home, but if not at home, I think it'd be kind of cool if they won there again. So I got Dodgers over Rangers. You got Braves over Twins which means the entire bracket is going to go completely opposite to what we just said, because the MLB playoffs are insane. The world series is going to be D backs and. Uh, I don't know. Who's I was going to say raise, but then I've, that series is already over. So, <laughs> right. D backs right. or we'll do D backs or D backs Orioles. That'd be kind there of, lit, actually, it'd be, it'd be, kind it'd of be for series. baseball fans. It'd be lit. And the radiance would probably be, at an all-time Awful. low for that uh, World Awful. Series. Hey, as long as we don't have Ben Verlander kind of brackets, that'll be a win for both of us. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, I think I think Major League Baseball's worst nightmare would have been like Twins and Rays in the ALCS and D-backs and Marlins somehow making it to the <laughs> NLCS. Like that would be yeah. the worst thing for Major League Baseball. Like, but but again, I, I feel like you've got some fun teams in there. So just yeah. for whatever reason, the race, like the race could be so good. And I just feel like people wouldn't care. No. Well, clearly the people in Tampa Bay don't care. 19,000 the other day. I don't know what it was today, but yeah, build a new ballpark. That'll solve it. So those are our predictions for the NLDS roster, our predictions for the playoff bracket. It's going to be fun, but uh, the Dodgers, they kick off their series on Saturday against two. We don't know yet. 
at what time we still don't know yet but make sure to stay tuned for that make sure to stay tuned to every new episode following hopefully i know last year josh we tried doing it after every game we'll try that we'll try to get as many episodes as we can during this dodgers run whether it's after every game whether it's after every other game we'll have to wait and see but there's going to be a lot of coverage on inside the ravine make sure to follow all of our socials because we'll be posting all of our content there josh before we head out before the start of the nlds any uh, final words you have for this uh, dodgers team uh, just, just don't do it again, please. Just please. don't do it again. Like please. I, 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 as a viewer of Dodgers baseball and an, and an attendee to games, uh, some might say, I just don't want to be losing the NLCS. I don't care. Yes. Like, 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 right. I think, and and I think, and I think they'll figure it out. Like, I think uh, I, I'm, I feel a lot better about this year's team than I do, uh, than I do looking back at last year's. I like the way that they're built. I do feel like there's less pressure and um, ultimately like we'll see what we get. We've already had some fun series already um, with, with some of these wild card series and, and this weekend we'll, we'll get going again. Yeah. It's just, please, please for our sanity, <laughs> get past the series, especially if it's the D backs. Like, come on, we still have to deal with that Padres thing from last year. Could you imagine if the D backs not got the Dodgers? It's just going to make things worse. I mean, at this rate, the Giants are going to knock us out the next year. So just please, for the sake of everything, get out of this round and then figure it out in the NLCS. But that does wrap up another episode of Inside the Ravine. Again, you guys can find us on social media, whatever app you guys use out there. At Inside the Ravine on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We're also on YouTube. Our full shows are over there. You guys can also listen on Spotify, Apple, and of course, the Odyssey app. For Josh Schaefer, this has been Blake Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening. We do appreciate it as always. Uh, We're going to be rooting for the Dodgers just like you guys. So hopefully by the next time we record, we're recording after a Dodgers victory and not a Dodgers loss because then we're going to revert back to the April episodes, Josh, where the sky is falling because uh, it will be if the Dodgers drop a game. Sky is falling episode trademarked restricted acts. That's us. Yes. So hopefully we don't get any of those anytime soon. So again, don't make us do listening. Yes, nobody no. wants us- to hear those nobody no. wants to hear those again even though that game four or whatever uh, podcast was like the most listened to one we've ever had it still is it still is the game four uh elimination by far the most listened to so please no it was probably just a bunch of padres fans that were tuned in to listen to uh us it was a combination crying. of people <laughs> who wanted it was a combination of people who wanted to uh listen to two people say the same things that they're feeling um and yes. then probably padres and giants fans All right, so let's avoid that this year. Let's just win a bunch of games. So again, for Josh Schaefer, this has been Blake Harris. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, we hope you enjoy the rest of your week wherever you may be. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.